0: The Green Sundays are about Christian discipleship, the cost, the nature, and the ways and the means of Christian discipleship. And the readings we read today from Exodus, from Philippians, and from Matthew's Gospel are about that, Uh, but the subjects are very specific and they somehow relate to one another. At least I'm operating on the Ralph Cramden Principle. In the Honeymooners, when Norton says, when Cramden's taking the exam to be a policeman, the manual dexterity thing, he said, Ralph, you can't put a square peg in a round hole. And he said, yes, you can, if you force it. So we have Exodus. Exodus. One of the murmuring passages, I love the murmuring passages, Parish Life, 1750 BCE. Moses is in the wilderness of sin, no pun intended, it's just the name. And he's there with uh, the people of Israel who are complaining, they're worried, they're nervous. They are murmuring, they are feeling in some way in danger, they don't have any water to drink and Moses complains to God and God said, here's what you do, you take the staff that you uh, struck the Nile with and you go to where I tell you and bring some of the elders to accompany you and strike this rock and he strikes the rock and the water comes out. Uh, and the the implication is it's an inexhaustible stream of water. The people of Israel understand this to mean uh, that both their physical thirst is slaked but also their spiritual thirst. And in fact, the early Christian church used this text as a type for baptism about the Inexhaustible supply of, of water to cleanse, to refresh, to renew, to grasp, to graft those who were baptized onto the body of Christ. And so, in the course of this, Moses uh, names the location Massa and Mirabah. I love stuff like that, you know, because of the people's complaining. And what this is about, though, is that God is present to us in the midst of our complaining and our murmuring and discontent and doubt and the belief in lack. You know, the generosity and abundance of God knows no limit and it's not a zero-sum game. But a lot of us do think that and believe that because in one sense it seems like that is so. And yet the biblical witness testifies to us uh, about God's abundance and about God's generosity. So we take away from this, or at least I do, that God is present in the midst of our discontent, in the midst of our murmuring. You know, God comes to us, in my view, not always in the great global issues uh, that require some sort of heroic response But God's presence comes to us in the midst of the quotidian aspects of our life, the everyday, the ordinary annoyances. You know, John Paul Sartre, the existentialist philosopher, said, Hell is other people. So if you feel like that, remember that God is always present to you. And this is a lesson about that, the importance of that. Now we can move that slightly into the reading from Philippians. Philippians was perhaps one of the healthiest of churches that Paul founded. They were one of the most generous churches that Paul founded. They contributed to his collection for the Jerusalem church with great generosity And it appears now, through the biblical research that has been done over the last 40 or 50 years, probably to have been a church with female leadership. So, it reproduced in the reading for today is a hymn. An early Christian hymn about Jesus and his self-emptying. In biblical scholarship, this is called the canotic text, which means kenosis is the word in Greek for too empty, empty. And by extension, it has something to do, if we see Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, as it says in the letter to the Hebrews, that if he is the template that we place over our own spiritual life and development, that somehow... Uh, following the Savior must have something to do with self-giving, with generosity. And again, we can think about this uh, principally in heroic terms, or we can think about generosity in the everyday, and how we understand the practice of that with one another with our time, talent, and treasure, if you want to put it that way, or with the way in which we treat one another, with the ordinary and the commonplace. Uh, Several years ago, Bill Moyers had a series on the great faith traditions, and it was a series of interviews with Houston Smith, who was one of the great uh, authorities on the great faith traditions of the world. And in one of the episodes, he asked Dr. Smith, how would you know if you have made any spiritual progress? And Houston Smith said, the invariable thing that you can discover where people say they have made spiritual progress is the knowledge In all the great faith traditions that they have sensed in themselves and seen in themselves an increase in generosity. The generous impulse. This isn't about material things only. It's about uh, taking one another seriously. It's about understanding how we need to extend. How we need to be able to be generous with other people. And maybe that might also mean that we have learned to suffer fools a little more gladly. That that's part of the way in which we understand uh, what it is that we do, the generous spirit. He goes on to say, any other insights that you hear people give you as the result of their navel gazing or some obscure, arcane spiritual insight, if it is not accompanied by generosity, it's bogus. It's bogus. And if you ever saw any of Houston Smith's television shows, that kind of vehemence is usually not characteristic of him. But he knows something about uh, what what generosity of spirit is and why it's so important. So all of us are called to, in some way, uh, express this kind of self-emptying but I think we we would be more successful in terms of understanding it if we see that it comes often in the uh, everyday, that that is the thing. You know, Teresa of Avila said, if you find yourself in the kitchen amongst the pots and the pans, you're going to have to find God amongst the pots and the pans. So it's the everyday that we concern ourselves with maybe primarily and i suspect if we understand that and apply ourselves to that we may be more ready for the big time self-emptying that uh, often comes to all of us through in our life at one point the necessity to do that and how it contributes to uh, the cultivation of our own holiness matthew today We begin the gospel with people questioning Jesus about his authority. This is a a, a good passage about leadership. Moses is one of the great examples for uh, being a good leader. He's even a good example for people in business and industry about how you understand the nature of leadership because he is always capable of turning the gaze of the people of Israel away from the place of remembered good times to the future where they will see and receive a new self-definition and a deeper and fuller understanding of God's purposes for them. And so Jesus does this as well he is asking them a question after they've said to him, by what authority are you doing these things? So he said, I'll give you an answer if you can give me an answer. Is what John the Baptist did from God or is it from people? Is it a human undertaking? And so these guys go back and get together in a huddle and they say, we're kind of in a bind here, aren't we? Because if we say it's from God then, you know, and if we say it's from people, the crowds who believe John the Baptist is from God are going to be very upset. And so we just don't know what to do. They're suffering in one sense from a failure of nerve, which is often the case with people who are in leadership and we have to constantly pray against allowing it to have sway over us. So then he switches gear. I hope you can see, if you read the Bible carefully, you can begin to see what biblical scholars say about the processes of the formation of uh, th- these biblical books. Because obviously, this parable is juxtaposed with uh, this story about authority, and the fit is not always real smooth. There's some sort of editorial processes that have taken place, you know, authentic material but it's put together editorially uh, in this way so he tells a parable now about the two sons and their father says to the first son I'd like you to go work in the vineyard and he says I will go and he doesn't go and the other son says I'm not going to go and then he goes So there are many ways that we can interpret this. Uh, The one I like is that uh, everybody always gets a second chance because of God's unconditional love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And so you and I can be fickle and go at one point and then not go at another point, and God's loving arms are always there to reach out to us. And to say welcome. Glad you're back. This is the place where you need to be. And so we understand that that can be true also with in some way uh, our complaining and in the midst of our doubts. Remember when we do this, uh, it's always important to think about the processes of the spiritual life as a journey that we are journeying with God and we're journeying with the Savior. We, we are moving on the way. And, of course, when you do that, you understand that you're passing by a number of things and you're seeing and noticing things in a way perhaps more deeply and fully than you had before in some ways. You know, it's like standing in a, in a river and the river keeps going like this and you're in one place but the river moves on. So, in one sense, when we understand the, the importance and the necessity of journeying, we also learn something else. And that is, if our spiritual life is kind of up and down, that in some ways we learn things by understanding the journey again. And we also have to remind ourselves that the decision to go on the journey will not create in us some particularly apt practice of spirituality or an ability to dot all the I's and cross all the T's in this regard. It's more important to be on the journey. It's a need to be uh, open to changing your mind. So this week, remember that God is present in the midst of all of your grumbling and fault-finding. Remember that having the same mind that was in Christ Jesus does not mean that finally you become super-pious And know also that as you cultivate the habits of being and relating that translate into the necessary giving of self, it promotes strength and health. The same word in Greek and and the same word in Hebrew that means to save also means to heal, to make whole. And the process of the journey has something about how that happens. So remember, it's never too late to change your mind and move more fully into God's will and purpose for you. Amen.